Hello and welcome to the Swimming Ideas Podcast. My name is Jeff and I will be your host for today. This is episode number 74. That's right, this is episode number 74. A quick update and some lessons you can learn from swim lessons. That's right, today we are talking about what's happening on the horizon, what's coming up next, and what you can expect from future podcast episodes. I'm also going to give you a quick tidbit on the importance of routine and structure in your swim program and how you can implement it at your swim lessons and swim team. Let's get started. That's right. Today we are talking about what's up on the horizon, what's happening next, and what you should expect from future podcast episodes from the Swimming Ideas podcast. And I'm also going to give you a quick reminder about why routine and structure is important in your swim program. So to begin with, uh, I've had a lot of questions about adaptive swim lessons for special needs kids, particularly about autistic children. Now, I've taught autistic kids how to swim, I've interacted with them, but never with a specific focus on the special needs aspect of it or special considerations for those people um, that need it. Basically, our teaching style or my teaching style has been sufficient to meet the needs of the autistic kids and the special needs kids that I've encountered throughout um, my career, but... Um, I'm hoping to have a guest on here who specializes in physical education and adaptive um, teaching for special needs and specifically autistic kids. So one of the future podcasts within the next few weeks is going to be an interview with a specialist on how to teach uh, special needs or adaptive uh, swimming to um, people with autism. So I'm really looking forward to that. I know that a lot of you are waiting for that patiently. Um, You do have a lot of questions, and I'm hoping to address that with this future podcast interview. Uh, I need to line up a time that we can both meet and talk. I'm also going to be uh, having a podcast with uh, Nitro Tosh, uh, who I have been lax about uh, communicating with, but uh, she's going through some changes in her program in Perth, Australia, and we're going to touch base, and hopefully I can get her Uh, story about what they used to do in their program. Uh, They used to do sessions. So like, um, I think it was a 12 week session. And then um, now they're moving to a monthly program where uh, anyone can come to one lesson a week uh, based on a monthly subscription, which is very similar to a lot of the for profit, independent um, swim lesson programs here in the States. So we're going to get her take on that. Uh, I know that they're going through the change right now, so hopefully after they've been going through it for a while, she has a um, a good uh, understanding of the differences between the two programs and what she likes and dislikes about both. Um, 
With that said, if you have a story unique or interesting to swimming and swim lessons and you want to share it with people, uh, definitely reach out to me, Jeff at swimmingideas.com. I'm always looking for aquatic professionals to share their story. And I firmly believe that we can learn how to teach better lessons from each other. And to begin that is a conversation and a dialogue and a discussion about what we do. You can see previous podcasts from 2017 where um, I was interviewing um, more aquatic professionals, and I'd like to get back into that as we get into summer. I know it's a busy time for people, uh, especially when you are running your trainings and your hirings, but it's also a great time because it's fresh in our minds and we can all learn from it. So if you're interested, send me an email, jeff at swimmingideas.com. So that's what you can expect for the next few podcast episodes. Um, Adaptive swimming techniques for autism. Um, Updates on alternative structure for lesson programs and how you structure your plans and payments. Um, I'd also like to get some information or have some discussion with uh, anyone that's running a private lesson program and your beginning and your process, how you got started. We had a lot of, and this kind of ties into what's going to be happening on the website, swimminglessonsideas.com, is uh, there's a lack of clear progress on where you should begin. So if you are an independent swim lesson provider, so if you're someone who has a pool or access to a pool and you want to start a lesson program, what are the steps you need to go through in order to get that lesson program? And I think that uh, I can provide some tools and resources having started two lesson programs um, that will be valuable to you. I also recognize that the uh, sales page for the products that I offer on swimminglessonsideas.com are not entirely clear for what you need to get uh, if you want to just start out. So I've had a few phone calls from prospective clients, and they've been curious about, well, what what do I need? You know, what what is going to benefit me? And then I kind of have to go through and explain it. And my hope was that the information on those pages were telling you what you need to know, but I understand that it's not that clear. So um, I'd like to look at streamlining the process, putting together a package that will take a beginner or someone who's transitioning to the swimming ideas format um, uh, very smoothly from another program or from scratch. So expect to see that in the future. That's what I'll be working on during the summer, um, in addition to um, auditing and looking at other programs. Um, So I want to get into uh, just a revelation, not really a revelation, but a confirmation of swimming and the importance of structure and routine in your program. Um, last week I talked about what do you do when your veteran instructors suck? And, uh, it really was, um, a matter of not falling in line with our structure, not, you know, utilizing the routine that we have in place. Um, and once we did slip back into our routine, the class went really well. So if you have a common theme to your lessons, if you have a specific, a structure or a framework upon which you base most of your activities, then it's super easy for your participants to be comfortable and familiar regardless of who's running the class or what time they're there. So for example, if at our swim team, I wasn't able to be at practice one day, my assistant coaches knew half the practice already because we do the same thing every day. 100 IM kick, 225 position 11, question of the day within a 50 associate on your answer if you get it right you do something if you get it wrong you do something else and then 425s on a minute usually it's freestyle kick but sometimes we change it up 
And this is a, it's, it's a great way to, each of these things are chosen for a specific reason. And, and, and they're distilled to maximize the time that we put into it. The 100 IM kick gives you the, and I'm just going to go through this briefly because I know I've talked about this before. 100 IM kick gives you the exposure to all four competitive strokes. It reiterates that there are four competitive strokes, and it gives everyone an opportunity to do it right off the bat. It also allows us a very quick, easy way to get in the water and get moving and to literally warm up. Um, I used to do a 50 freestyle kick, but I dropped it in favor of the 100 IM kick. Um, and then the 225s position 11, we always do this right away because they're, they're still fresh, energetic. Their, their attention isn't really focused on swimming, but we can get it focused through these 225s. It's like a ritual almost like, all right, we did the 100 IM kick. Now we repeat the three things to do a good streamline. Now we do a 25 position 11. Now we repeat the three things to streamline and the three things to be better at position 11, which is also what makes you better at swimming. And then um, we do the second 25 position 11. So it's like a ritual. It's like a, um, it's like a, a practiced uniform plan that kind of brings us into the next thing. And then we have this fun question of the day that challenges their brains. You know, it's a question about swimming, so they're learning something. And then they get to do something based on whether or not they learn. It's, it's an interactive experience. And then we do our 425s on a minute. This is training the how to use the clock, how to go five seconds apart. Uh, usually it's something simple, freestyle swim or freestyle kick. And that's so our focus can be on the clock and leaving at the right time. Then we follow the rest of our structure, which um, sometimes I deviate from and sometimes I, I lean heavily on. So generally, the general structure of our swim team program is small groups where we learn and practice highly uh, specific skill work. And then in aerobic endurance slash practice session, what we did in the small groups. So for example, we might split up into two groups. One group would do three times streamline five strokes of freestyle with one breath. And that's working on good freestyle, a good streamline and a good side breath. Uh, and then uh, the other group might do uh, three times uh, streamline with no kick and one butterfly stroke. Uh, and then three times with stream no kick and then one butterfly stroke but a, a single fly kick right at the end when the hands move from airplane into position 11 so right at the end of the fly stroke um and and that's kind of a progression of learning butterfly and then so that would be our small groups and then everyone would rotate through those two groups and then in our and when we would get back into together in a big group we might do a set where it's like um, 100 freestyle and then 425s, two strokes of fly, and then fly kick the rest of the 25. And that way we are sprinkling in a little bit of fly, and we might do that two or three times. Um, they do a short amount of butterfly, so they get used to doing it well without the fear or struggle of difficult breathing or inability or, or lack of strength. And then, and then they can kick the rest of the way, and that's beneficial for butterfly. It's core work and everything else. And then we do the 100 freestyle, uh, and that gives them the opportunity to practice breathing. It builds up their endurance. Um, it teaches them how to circle swim. They get an opportunity to flip turn, streamlines, all that other stuff. So um, that's our general format, right? The warm-up, the small group work, and then the endurance component. Sometimes I deviate from that. Sometimes we'll do a game or an activity or um, a variation on, on a game or activity where 
it's more self-guided where they have those elements of high intensity skill work, but then they also get the opportunity to do a game um, or a fun activity um, that really doesn't have a specific swimming skill attached to it, but is more like um, camaraderie, peer group building activity, um, an interest resetter, um, and then um, an endurance component. So there might be three columns, and the first column would be a, a list of three times streamline plus something, so a skill-based activities. And then the middle one might be a list of 50s with different swims and kicks associated with it, so like 50 free, 50 back, 50 breast, 50 fly kicks, stuff like that. And then the final third column might be um, a list of activities like do three streamlines in airplane or... Um, carry your partner or carry somebody to the flags as if you were serving them um, and they were the dish and you were the waiter. Or you could do, again, that really isn't any specific swimming skill. It's more about like buoyancy and then like body position um, and, and like gliding. But it's not, you know, freestyle arms. And that's fine. You know, you want to have some sort of fun and element of interaction because then you are and reinforcing that camaraderie, the team building aspect of swimming. Uh, and you're resetting their energy. So when they do need to focus on their uh, skill work, they have the interest and it's not so draining and boring that they're not going to put any effort into it. And our, and our whole focus is aiming at effort, right? So sometimes um, in the last two weeks, a few times, I've been introducing these type of more freeform skills and I realized it wasn't working. So I'd have to stop halfway through, reset the, like erase the board and fall back on our routine and our, on our, on our framework. And this wasn't, this was a failure on my part because I should have recognized that the group I had, cause we had a change in session. So most of my um, high-end swimmers that kind of set the tone for the group moved on. And now they're gone. So there's this power vacuum in my swim group, swim team, uh, this this developmental two group, and the the crazy wild kids are kind of taking control because they're filling the void, the power vacuum. But they're not necessarily they're they're loud. They know what's going on, but they're not really good swimmers. So they're a distraction, and they focus more on the fun part than they do the actual learning and the swimming part. Unless I like step in and, and play the angry parent role or the uh, disappointed uh, coach, um, which I don't always like doing, but I know that that's a hat that you have to wear when you're coaching. Um, but we're not at the point where I can give them an activity and let it run on its own and they're going to be self-guiding and self-correcting. Um, they don't they haven't attained that freedom yet to or, or earned that um, flexibility to be as free form as I'd like it to be. Uh, because we haven't established the new pecking order, I guess. We haven't established uh, our routine as strictly and enforcedly as we needed to. So I realized this two weeks ago, and I went back to this really rigid structure, you know, the same warm-up, you know, the activities change, but the format is the same. And then two groups, longer form activity, two groups, longer form activity. And now I'm following this um, this, this structure, this formula, this pattern, and it's been immensely successful. Um, the, the deviant kids, I don't want to say deviant, but the, the louder boisterous kids are falling into line. They're, they're comfortable with the routine. They're, 
um, excited about the activities that we're doing. We're doing enough different challenging swimming skills that they're on their toes. They're always interested. They're motivated. They're paying attention. They're putting an effort when I ask them to. Um, And the younger kids that are quieter but are more diligent are thriving in this environment. Um, For me as a coach, it's a lot more intensive because um, I have to be leading them by hand every step of the way. But um, it's been really effective at, at creating an environment that's very comfortable and easy and uh, useful for the kids to fall into and know what to expect. And that's what I like about maintaining a structure or a habit or a routine. You can switch the parts out so they're not always doing the same thing. They're still interested, but they rest on the trust and the framework that you've built up over time so that they know what to expect. They understand, they start, I like it when they start like telling me what we're going to do next and they're right. You know, I'll write a practice and it'll be 100 IM kick, 225 position 11, um, the question of the day, the 425s on a minute, and then two groups will do like three times streamline plus something in each group. And then they'll know what we're going to do in the endurance portion because we just did it in the small group portion. And that's what I want them to do. It's like, here's your opportunity to really practice this without worrying about not being able to breathe or endurance. And then you're going to get a lot of feedback from the coach. And then we're going to do it in a longer format. We're going to do 50s or 100s or some variation of that. Maybe we'll do 625s. But it'll be a direct response to the small group activities. And they understand that. And then they're like, oh, we're putting it all together. Um, And then they can expect that you know, we're going to learn something and we're going to do it in a longer format. And, and that's, that builds trust with your swimmers. It also builds confidence and it builds, um, an ease of practice. You can flow through your practice very easily because they fall into these routines and, and kids like order. They like being told what to do. They like, um, having a structure in place that they don't have to worry about. So they know where to be and what to do. Um, the uncertainty of an erratic disjointed, um, lesson, which I like to do, uh, isn't always beneficial for them. Sometimes it's more beneficial to have a regular routine that you go through um, that you can fall back on and then they can learn to expect and, and go well with. We l- leverage this technique in our swim lessons. Um, the general lesson plan format, activity, activity, game, it, it, it works. It's the same thing that we do in our developmental swim team. It's Activity, activity, endurance. So instead of a game, it's like actual swimming endurance. Um, For swim lessons, we need that reset, that game, because we're really focusing on a lot of um, physical conditioning, classical conditioning, which is just doing the same thing over and over again until you get good at it. Um, And that can get very boring and dry and challenging to keep your attention focused, and the game resets that. So we follow the same procedure in our swim lessons and it's wildly successful. We have a lot of good success with our swimmers, even across sessions and instructors. So, um, this one kid, Adrian, he's so, he's so adorable. He's five now, but, um, he just started going underwater and he's been taking swim lessons for two years now and he just hates the water. He hates it, but his parents make him do it. He's having a great time. He, he loves our instructors. He loves, uh, having lessons with me. I taught him on Saturday last week. Um, but he's a, he's a great kid, and um, he thrives under this routine. He he likes the familiarity of doing the same thing 
regardless of who his instructor is. And we've really seen an improvement in him particularly once uh, we really enforced uh, very strictly the, this 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 formula, activity, activity um, game. So um, I just want to you know take this time to reiterate that you don't have to strictly adhere doing to the exact same thing every day, but I, I recommend that you build a framework that you have a general format that is the same every day. Call it a structure or a superstructure like the um, metal iron, you know, the, the steel beams that hold up a building. That should be your general framework. And then what you do with the interior and what you do with the brickwork or if you're going to put up siding, you know, whatever. That's your flavors. Those are your freestyle backstroke, breaststroke, butterfly, you know, kick, swim, drill, that can all interchange as long as your framework is relatively similar. And then as they get more comfortable, as they get more um, exposed to you, then you can start layering in days where you throw that framework out the window, but you use the same activities and skills in a different order or subset. So like giving them the choice, like the three columns I talked about earlier. Um, that's all I have for today. Uh, I want to just, like I said, take this opportunity to say routine is great. If you're ha- struggling with erratic kids, you know, fall back on your routine. Um, it, it's effective, it's useful, and it's very helpful. Um, if you're interested in being on the podcast, send me an email, jeff at swimmingideas.com. And I want to just take this time to thank you for listening. And tomorrow we can teach better lessons together. Take care. Mm-hmm.